In the previous verses, we learned about how on the Day of Judgment, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will address His creation and say to the jinn in particular that you used many from among the human beings, meaning you misled many of them. And then their friends from the human beings, they will respond that, Oh Allah, we used one another. We benefited from each other. Meaning they will confess that yes, the shayateen, they ordered us to do wrong and we obeyed them. We benefited from them in return. And in these verses that inshallah we will study today, we will learn about how exactly the shayateen, they misled people. And as a result, led them into their own destruction. That how much influence shaitan has had on human beings. To the point that human beings have killed their own children at the instruction of shaitan. To the point that human beings have deprived themselves of the provision that Allah has given them. Why? Because shaitan told them to make it unlawful for themselves. So in these verses, we will learn about the false practices of the mushrikeen. They had many customs, they had many practices in reverence of their false gods. As a result of which they would deprive themselves of the foods that Allah allowed for them. As a result of which they would even kill their children just to please their idols. So we will learn about some of these false practices. And you might say that, well, this is all irrelevant because that religion is non-existent now. And we say that the Qur'an is relevant to all people. So what lesson is there in these verses for us? There is a lesson still. Because these false practices, yes, they were prevalent at that time, but we will see traces of this existent today as well. If back in the day people killed their children to please their idols, today people kill their children for other reasons, in different ways, but they do that. Likewise, if back then people deprived themselves of the provision that Allah gave them to please their idols, today people do the same things for other reasons. So, There are differences, but yet there are many similarities as well. Basically, the thing is that they had invented many practices, self-imposed restrictions in the name of religion, in the name of piety. And here we have to see as well, that are there things that are going on within the Muslims in the name of religion, in the name of piety, and they have absolutely no foundation in the book of Allah, in the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ? You find many such practices. Take the example of Muharram. We are in the month of Muharram. And there are many things which people do which have no basis in our religion. For instance, in some cultures what they do is that in the month of Muharram, they will prepare a certain kind of food. They will mix up all different kinds of lentils and grains as well as meat. They will cook the stew and then they will eat it themselves and they will also distribute it amongst their families and friends. Where is the evidence that you do this? Where? There is no evidence. Likewise, people will restrict themselves to wearing only black clothing in the month of Muharram, in certain days. Where? is the evidence for this. Who told you that you're restricted to wearing only black in these days? Who said that? So there are many self-imposed restrictions that people have come up with over time in the name of piety, in the name of religion. Whereas there is no foundation of this in the book of Allah, in the sunnah of the Messenger ﷺ. So, All of these practices, a believer should stay far away from them. Because in reality, these are what? Obedience to shaitan. 
Because this is something by which shaitan has distracted people from what is more important. You know, for instance, the month of Muharram comes, and what do people think about? The certain foods and the certain false practices. The month of Muharram is Allah's month. It is the month of fasting. Ashura is the day of fasting, right? But people don't give much importance to that. They will give importance to other false things. So this is a trick of shaitan, that he distracts us from what is more important, and he makes the irrelevant, the unimportant, more important to us. So that we deprive ourselves, so that we hurt ourselves, we waste our money, we waste our time, we waste the life that Allah has given to us. So in these verses, what do we learn? أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم Allah says, وَجَعَلُوا And they made لِلَّهِ for Allah مِمَّا From that which ذَرَأَ He created ذَرَأَ From the root letters ذَلْرَ Hamza To create To cause to spread To multiply And it includes the plants That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has produced As well as the other creatures Such as the animals That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created So they made for Allah from that which He has created, from that which He has produced, what exactly? Min al-hawth, from the crop, wal an'am, and the grazing livestock. Hawth, ha-ra-sa, it refers to crop. So for example, wheat, different types of grain. So they made from the hawth, and they made from the an'am. An'am are what? Grazing livestock, such as camels, likewise cows, sheep, goat. So from them, they made for Allah nasiban a portion. Nasib from the root letters noon, sadba, a portion. The mushrikeen of Arabia, whenever they were expecting a new crop, meaning it was harvest season, right? Or their animals were going to give birth. They were expecting their animals to reproduce. What they would do is that they would set out, they would specify a portion of the new produce, whether it was of crop or animals. They would take out a portion of it or they would fix a portion of it, let's say a third of it, a quarter of it, an eighth of it, how much ever. For who? For Allah. They would say that this is dedicated to Allah. We are going to give this for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Obviously, Allah is not in need of that. If we give something to Allah, what does it mean? We are giving it in charity so that Allah would be pleased with us. So what is for Allah is given in charity. It is given to the poor and the needy. So this is what the mushrikeen would do as well. A portion of their new produce given for the sake of Allah to who? To the poor and the needy. Is this a good thing? Yes, it's a very good thing. This is just like a person saying, I'm going to get my paycheck. All right? And I'm going to give a fifth of it, a tenth of it, you know, in charity for the sake of Allah. Very good. But there's a problem over here. What did the mushrikeen do? They said, فَقَالُوا So they said, هَذَا This, meaning this particular portion, is for who? لِلَّهِ For Allah. This particular portion, percentage, is dedicated to Allah. And that percentage, okay, that portion, they did not specify it according to 
the law that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave, rather بِزَعْمِهِمْ According to their claim. This is just like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded us that when we have a certain amount of wealth sitting for us for a year, what do we have to do? We have to give a portion of it as zakat. Correct? But zakat, the percentage has been fixed by who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nobody can say, oh zakat is supposed to be 15%. No. You can't do that. It has to be 2.5%. Why? Because that is what Allah has legislated. Likewise, no one can say, oh 2.5% is too much. 1% is enough. No. You can't make these things up. You can give as much as you want in charity, but when it comes to zakat, that percentage is fixed. Isn't it fixed? Isn't it fixed? It is fixed. But these people, what did they do? Bizarmihim. According to their, you know, claims. They just made up those portions. And they also said, Wahada, and this particular portion is for who? Lishurakaina. For our partners, associates, meaning those whom they associated with Allah. So they said, this portion is for Allah. And this portion is for our idols. This we offer to Allah to please Him, to thank Him, to show our gratitude to Him. And this we offer to our idols in their reverence, to please them, to make them happy, to thank them, to seek their protection. وَهَذَا لِشُرَكَائِنَا Is there a problem with this? Yes, because what is this? This is shirk. Right? This is shirk. And unfortunately, this is prevalent amongst Muslims today as well. They will give a portion of their money in charity for the sake of Allah, and then they will give a portion of the charity for the sake of so-and-so saint, hmm? or so-and-so righteous person who lived in the past, or whose grave that they're visiting. And then on top of this, there is another problem. And what is that? Allah says, فَمَا So that which kana it was لِشُرَكَائِهِمْ For their partners, meaning the portion that is dedicated to their idols, فَلَا So not, يَصِلُ It reaches إِلَى الله To Allah. يَصِلُ From وَاو صَادْلَام وَصَلَ To reach. What is dedicated to their idols can never ever be given to Allah. And on the other hand, وَمَا كَانَ And that which is لِلَّهِ For Allah, فَهُوَ So it يَصِلُ It reaches إِلَى شُرَكَائِهِمْ To their partners. What is for their partners? It is never ever given to Allah. What is for Allah? Yes, sometimes a portion of that is given to their idols. What does it mean? That for instance, let's say they have a crop, okay? A percentage of it, they put it aside as charity for the sake of Allah. And a percentage of it, they put it aside for the sake of their idols. Now what happens? Let's say the share that they had for the idols, it ends up being less. Okay? And the share that they have for Allah is a lot. So they say, no, 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 we should give more to our idols. So what do they do? They take a bunch from Allah's share and they would put it in the share of the idols. Why? Because they were afraid of the idols. They would be unhappy. That why are you offering very little to us? And on the other hand, if Allah's share was less, they would never ever take anything from the idol's share. So you see, they were willing to sacrifice Allah's right, Allah's share for others. But they were never willing to sacrifice others' share 
for Allah. They were willing to compromise Allah's rights for anything. But they were not willing to compromise others' rights for the sake of Allah. You might say, yeah, how dumb, how irrelevant to us. Think about yourself. How many times does it happen that you have half an hour to pray and to eat? So you say, let me just quickly pray in five minutes. In 25 minutes, I'll spend in eating. We're willing to compromise Allah's right, but we're not willing to compromise our own right, our own desires, our own wishes. When it comes to anything of the deen, we say it's okay, Allah's forgiving, He's merciful, not a big deal. Allah knows how much you're struggling. But when it comes to other people's rules and their regulations, we follow them as if they were Allah's legislation. When it comes to the rules of tahara, the rules of cleanliness, when it comes to wudu, we're like, it's okay, not a big deal. So what if a part of my arm remains dry? So what if I don't have my wudu? What's the big deal? But when it comes to your work, when it comes to school, when it comes to the rules and regulations that you have to observe over there, we will go to any length to make sure that we are observing them correctly. So this is something that we need to think about. They're willing to compromise Allah's rights. But they're never willing to compromise other people's rights. Their own rights. Their own desires. No, never. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Sa'a, it is evil. Ma, that which yahkumun, they judge. Evil it is that they judge. What they decide at the end, compromising Allah's share, that's very evil. Because if you think about it, whatever that you have, who gave it to you in the first place? Allah gave you everything. So even if you were to give everything of yours to Allah, that would still be fair and just. But it's amazing that we are not willing to give to Allah even the little that He has demanded from us. But for others, we are willing to give everything. If it comes to charity, we think, oh, $20, it's a lot, man. Come on, I'm only a student. I'm still dependent on my parents. $20 is a lot. But when it comes to buying a jacket for $150, yeah, why not? When it comes to buying a phone for $700, yeah, why not? What's the big deal? Not at all. When it comes to buying things for your house, things for your room, makeup, We're willing to spend any money. But when it comes to spending a little bit of money to get an Islamic education, we're like, no, no, it's too expensive. These people are just sitting there making money. Look at them, charging $150 every few months. They're sitting on money. What are they doing with all this money? Think about it. We spend more money on groceries every week. Isn't it? We spend more money on our desires, not needs. Our desires. But when it comes to paying fees for an Islamic course, then we have to be reminded and reminded and reminded. And at the end, people just give up because they're like, never mind. Right? We misuse Allah's generosity, Allah's kindness. We misuse the generosity of His deen. But when it comes to dunya, when it comes to people, when it comes to worldly things, we have no problem paying $700, paying you know $1,500 for one course. 
paying $3,000 for one certification. No big deal. We'll pay that money in a heartbeat. No objection whatsoever. If it comes to car insurance, no problem. When it comes to gas, no problem. But when it comes to the deen of Allah, then every dollar, we find it so difficult to spend. What's the problem here? The problem is, we don't fear Allah as much as we should fear Him. We don't love Allah as much as we should love Him. This is the main problem. This was a disease that the mushrikeen of Arabia were also suffering from. They were more afraid of their idols, which were unreal, than they were afraid of Allah. They loved them more, they respected them more. And if you think about it, in this world, if you don't have a jacket, which is for $200, what's the big deal? Are you going to die? Well, you're not going to die. You're not going to die. But if you don't have essential Islamic education, if you don't know how to recite the Qur'an, if you don't know what Allah revealed, what the message that Allah sent to you, is that a problem? It's a big problem. What are we going to do in the akhirah? But we have time for dunya, we have money for dunya, But when it comes to the deen, when it comes to Allah's rights, we don't have time, we don't have money, we don't know. We just can't do it. These are all excuses. This is all shaitan's you know, advice to us and we follow it. This is shaitan's effect on a person. Allah says, سَاءَمَا يَحْكُمُونَ Evil it is that they judge, that they decide. وَكَذَلِكَ And likewise, meaning similarly, Zayyana, he has adorned, he has beautified. لِكَثِيرٍ for many people, men from al-mushrikeen, the mushrikeen, those people who associate partners with Allah, what has been beautified for them, for the mushrikeen? قَتْلَ killing أَوْلَادِهِمْ of their children. The killing of their own children has been beautified for the mushrikeen. Who beautified this evil act for them? شُرَكَاؤُهُمْ Their Idols, their associates, meaning those beings whom they associate with Allah. Whether it is the shaitan that they worship, or an idol, such as manat or uzza, or whatever that they worship. But these idols have beautified for them, killing their own children. Think about it. Killing any human being is an evil deed. And killing a child, killing a baby... is even worse. Why? Because a baby, a child is pure. You know, they're cute. They're just adorable, lovable. You're attracted towards babies, no matter who they are. And if it's your own baby, if it's your own child, killing your very own offspring, what an evil action this is. But this action has been beautified for people. Who beautified this evil action for them? شُرَكَاؤُهُمْ Those whom they worship besides Allah. Whether it is shaitan who has adorned it for them, or it is their idols. Now remember that the mushrikeen of Arabia, not all of them used to kill their children. It was only certain tribes. For example, the tribe of Mudah. They used to kill their own children. Okay, inshallah we'll learn about other tribes as well that kill their own children. But they used to kill their own children. And why would they kill their own children? For various reasons. Sometimes they would kill their children, meaning daughters especially. Why? Out of fear of embarrassment and humiliation. That what is the world going to say? I have two daughters. My firstborn was a girl. No, this is too embarrassing, too humiliating. That's it. Kill the daughter. Literally, when a woman would go in labor, 
what they would do is they would dig a hole, a grave. So that as soon as a child is born, if it's a boy, we keep it. If it's a girl, don't even let her live for a few moments. Just throw her into that ditch, into that hole, into that grave, and bury her instantly. Bury her instantly. That's what they would do. They wouldn't even tolerate to have that baby girl for even a day, for even two days. And today what happens? If people want a child of a particular gender, what do they do? At 20 weeks, at 25 weeks, whenever, they can find out the gender of the baby. What do they do? They instantly decide to abort because that is not the child that they wanted. Which is why many times it happens that if a woman from Asian background has a female child in her belly and she goes for an ultrasound and she asks for the gender, many times they won't tell her. They won't tell her. This is something that you may have experienced yourself and this is something that maybe someone you know has experienced. Although it is very clear to the a technician, but she will or he will not tell. Why? Because they know that people from this background, they usually don't want girls. So they're gonna do something. They're gonna do something. Or the family is gonna force them into something. So they refuse to tell. And they have to wait until the doctor decides to tell. Which is why these days, technicians will not allow to tell you anything. Only the doctor can tell you. Hmm? Because the doctor has more ability. right? So anyway... They kill their daughters out of fear of embarrassment, out of fear of shame. And for, why? Because for them, having a son-in-law was embarrassment. That I couldn't take care of my daughter myself if somebody has my daughter. And my daughter, somebody else has her. What's the big deal? You have somebody else's daughter. And if your daughter is happy with somebody, what's the big deal? It's just self-made things in their head, which led them to killing their own daughters. Likewise, they would kill their children out of fear of poverty and hunger. That we won't be able to feed all of them so we can't afford them, we're going to kill them. And today also, many times it happens that if a couple has four children, and then they're expecting their fifth, they're like, how are we going to take care of this fifth one? Life's too difficult, too busy, we can't afford to have more children. So if the woman becomes pregnant, they go ahead and abort. And sometimes they would kill their children in dedication of false gods. Literally, they would take a child of theirs and slaughter the child before an idol. Can you imagine? Slaughter like a goat, like a camel, like a sheep, just to please their idols. That's what they would do. And this action of theirs, Zayyana, it was adorned, beautified. Such an evil thing. But they did it. Even today, think about it. Abortion is something that is so common. You know, people will abort Children, why? Because the child has some disability, because the child is not needed, because we already have the family that we want, we don't want more children. You see, avoiding having children, that's a different case. right? Using contraception to avoid pregnancy, that's a different case. But once Allah has created the child, then you do not have the right to take the life away. You do not have the right to do that. This is murder. Because think about it, if that child was able to defend itself, was able to defend itself, would that child like you to cut his hand off and to cut his ear off and to pull out his heart? Would he allow that? No. 
Just because that child cannot move, just because that child cannot defend itself, doesn't mean that you can kill him or her. Who are you? What are you? That you can take somebody's life away. Who do you think you are? You can't do that. And abortion is something that is so disgusting. I mean, the way children are aborted, so disgusting. It's horrible. And sometimes, children who are alive, they are killed. Who have been born, they are killed. So, زَيَّنَ لِكَثِيرٍ مِنَ الْمُشْرِكِينَ قَتْلَ أَوْلَادِهِمْ شُرَكَاؤُهُمْ لِيُرْدُوهُمْ So that they destroy them. يُرْدُو from the root letters رَدَالِيَا رَدَ to perish, meaning their idols, their false gods, the shayateen, they are leading these people into their own destruction. If you kill all your daughters, very soon what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Your people are going to finish. Right? Fir'aun, he started killing the men. He kept only the women alive. Why? To finish the Israeli race. And likewise, if the women are killed and the men are kept alive, again, how will that race continue? How will that people continue? They're going to finish ultimately. And in certain populations where there's a restriction on the families that you can have only one child, not more than one child, then what happens after some time? Recently in China, what's happening now? They are allowed to have more children in the case where one of the parents was a single child. Hmm? Why? Because the population is aging. I mean, they're running out of people who will work very soon. So this is why they are allowing this. So, لِيُرْدُوهُمْ This leads to their own destruction. وَلِيَلْبِسُوا And so that they mix up. يَلْبِسُوا From لَامْ بَاسِينَ To mix up, to confuse. عَلَيْهِمْ Upon them, دِينَهُمْ Their religion. Meaning the original religion of Ibrahim that these people were upon, now it's all mixed up. So now they don't even know what is correct and what is false. What is something that should be done and what should be avoided. وَلَوْ شَاءَ اللَّهُ And if Allah willed, مَا not فَعَلُوهُ They did it. If Allah willed, He would never have allowed them to do it. But He let them do it because people have been given free choice to decide what they want to do. فَذَرْهُمْ So leave them. وَمَا And that which يَفْتَرُونَ They fabricate, they invent. Leave them and their inventions. Meaning, don't be influenced by these practices and don't start imitating them. But unfortunately, Muslims, instead of telling other people, this is right, this is wrong, they have started adopting false practices of others, evil practices of others. وَقَالُوا and they said, هَذِهِ this أَنْعَامٌ Grazing livestock, وَحَرْسٌ and crop, this particular animal, this particular sheep, this particular camel, and this particular crop, grain, it is hijrun. It is forbidden. Hijrun from the root letters ha, jim, ra. Hijr literally means manur, to forbid. So hijr gives the meaning of mamnur, meaning that which is forbidden. Meaning you can't touch it, you can't reach it, you can't access it. Okay? Hijr, what other word comes to your mind from the word hijr? Hajar. What does hajar mean? Rock, stone. So a stone is very hard. Right? You can't go inside it. You hit it really hard and only then it will break open. But mud on the other hand, you can dig it. Right? Sand on the other hand, you can put your hand in it. But a rock, you can hit it as many times as you want. You're gonna break your fingers, but you can't get your hand inside the rock. Right? So hijr. And hijr is also used for a place that is surrounded by rocks. Why is it surrounded by rocks? So that it's like fenced in, it's closed in. 
So just like that, they have made certain animals and certain crop forbidden. Forbidden in what sense? That they say, لا not يطعمها, he will eat it. None will eat it, إلا except من whom نشاؤ, we will. Meaning, no one can eat this camel except for those people whom we allow to eat. None can eat this wheat except for those people whom we allow to eat. And who are those whom they allow to eat? Who? Sometimes it was just men. Sometimes it was just women. Because you see, we learned earlier about Sa'iba and Ham. Right? That if a camel gave birth to a certain number of females, right? Then that camel would be dedicated to gods, to the idols. And that meant that nobody could ride it, nobody could slaughter it. And if it died, then who could eat from it? Not ordinary people, but only those people who serve the gods, who serve the idols, who work at the temple. You know, such people only can eat from the meat of these animals. Such people only can eat the grain of this crop. Okay? This is something that they had invented. And then Allah says, وَأَنْعَامٌ All of this is بِزَعْمِهِمْ According to their claim, their false claim. This is all, you know, things that they have invented. They have no evidence for this. Where did Allah say? That certain animal that has given birth to 10 she-camels, you can't eat it. Only your men can eat it. Or only people of certain level of righteousness can eat it. Where? وَأَنْعَامٌ And grazing livestock, meaning there are other an'am, that حُرِّمَتْ It is forbidden. ظُهُورُهَا It's backs. ظُهُور plural of ظَهَر ظَهَر is the back. It's back is forbidden, meaning no one can ride it. No one can ride this camel. No one can ride this horse. Why? Because it has been dedicated to the idols. So let this animal roam freely, walk over other people's property, destroy it, whatever. Nobody's gonna say anything to this camel, to this cow, because it's very, very holy. Hmm? It's amazing. Allah created these animals to serve you. And here you are serving these animals. Here you are serving these animals. Yesterday, when I got home, it was really, really cold. And you know when you just want to run out of the car inside the house? I was feeling like that. And as I'm sitting in the car and waiting to open the door and not wanting to open the door because it's windy, it's cold, I see this man across the street standing with his dog. Okay? waiting for that dog to, you know, do whatever, and then take care of whatever the dog has done. I just sat there, shocked. You know, it really hit me. Imagine in this cold, here's a person, taking, not a person, not another human being, not, you know, like a disabled person, not a child, but a dog for a walk, so that the dog can poo, so that he can pick up the poop, and throw it. I was just sitting there in disbelief that how amazing it is that Allah created all of these creatures for what purpose? So that they serve us. And here we are spending our money, our energy, our time to serve these creatures. Hmm? And while there are people who do this, there are other people who will spend their energy, their time, their money serving the things of this world. Whether it is their clothes that they spend two hours washing, and making sure that it's perfectly fine. 
or it is their house that they serve every day, spending two, three hours making sure that it's clean, spick and span, head to toe, you know, top to bottom, right? Literally, think about it. Are we serving these things or are these things serving us? What's happening here? Are we using the things that Allah has provided us or are these things consuming us? What's happening here? So these people, what had they done? They had forbidden certain animals on themselves. No, no, we cannot ride them. And so they would offer them food and take care of these animals and let them do whatever they want and walk instead of riding those animals. You know, just like a person has a really nice car, they wash it, they clean it, and they're like, I just cleaned it. I don't want to sit in it. I'll walk instead. Really? Is that why you got the car? Is that why you got the car? It's like somebody has really nice dishes in their kitchen and when their guests are coming, they're like, I don't want to use all these dishes because they're going to get dirty so I'm just going to take out paper plates. Is that why you got all those dishes? I mean, I understand that sometimes it's convenient. But then why do you have all those 50 plates sitting in your kitchen cupboard? Why? If you're not going to use them, give them away. But why are you spending your time and your money and your energy in maintaining them, looking after them, decorating them, setting them up so that people can come and be impressed by your dishes, but they're being fed in paper plates. Hmm? So anyway, وَأَنْعَامٌ حُرِّمَتْ ظُهُورُهَا وَأَنْعَامٌ And then there's some other animals, grazing livestock, لَا نَاتْ يَذْكُرُونَ They mention إِسْمَ اللَّهِ Name of Allah عَلَيْهَا upon it. There's some other animals, and they don't mention the name of Allah upon it. When? When they're slaughtering it. When they're slaughtering those animals, they don't mention Allah's name. Why? Because they're dedicating them to their idols. Allah says, سَيَجْزِيهِمْ Soon He will recompense them. Bima For that which kanu they used to يَفْتَرُونَ They fabricate. All this that they're inventing in the name of religion, Allah's going to punish them for it. Meaning this is something serious. The matter of halal, haram is not in our hands. We cannot... Permit something, forbid something, based on our whims and desires. No. This is a serious matter, and it is only Allah's right to allow something for us, and to forbid something for us. In Surah Al-Ma'idah, Ayah 103, we learn, مَا جَعَلَ اللَّهُ مِن بَحِيرَةٍ وَلَا سَائِبَةٍ وَلَا وَصِيلَةٍ وَلَا حَامٍ Allah has not appointed such innovations as بَحِيرَ, سَائِبَ, وَصِيلَ, and حَام. Meaning these were certain type of animals whom they had dedicated for their idols. وَقَالُوا And they said, مَا that which فِي in بُطُونَ Stomachs, plural of بَطَن بَطَن is a stomach, but it's not the stomach as in uh, the organ that has your food in it and it digests the food, no. Stomach as in your whole abdomen. Okay, so whatever that is inside. It's referring to the womb over here. So they say, whatever that is in the bellies of هَذِهِ this الْأَنْعَامِ Cattle, grazing livestock, it is meaning the fetus, okay, the whatever this female goat or sheep, for instance, is carrying inside it, it is خالصاتن exclusively لذكورنا for our males. ذكور plural of ذكر, male. Meaning only our men can eat the baby goat that is going to be born. Okay, only the men can eat it. Women cannot eat it. So, for example, there is a lamb. Okay, lamb is what? Lamb is what? Sheep, right? Baby sheep. So, for example, there is a lamb. It's just born two days ago. But lamb meat is very tender, very soft. Okay? So they say, okay, we're gonna eat it, but you know what? Only 
our men can eat it. Women cannot eat it. Okay? And then they say, وَمُحَرَّمٌ And it is forbidden upon azwajina, our wives. Meaning it's permissible for our men, but forbidden on our wives. They cannot eat it. وَإِنَّ if يَكُنْ It is مَيْتَةً dead. But if it is born dead, so let's say that lamb was born dead, فَهُمْ so they فِيهِ in it شُرَكَ Partners, meaning that everybody can eat of it. Men can eat, women can also eat. Look at them. If it's born alive, only men can eat it. And if it's born dead, yeah, women can also eat it. Can you imagine? This was how the people used to think back then. That a woman doesn't deserve to eat good meat. She deserves to eat only bad quality meat. This is what? Gender discrimination. Gender bias. This is something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala eliminated. If there is some food, everybody can eat it. Men and women. Yes, it has to be halal for you. If it's halal, you can eat it. And if it's not halal, no one can eat it. Neither the men nor the women. And recently I heard that in many Muslim countries, they do these certain... Like they have these practices in which they prepare some food in the name of Fatima radiallahu anha, but only the women can eat it. Men cannot eat it. Only the women can. So it's the other way around. It's the other way around. Now, in certain cultures it is believed that certain foods, you know, women should not eat. Or certain foods men should not eat. For example, when I came to Canada, I was told, oh, boys should not drink soy milk. Have you heard of that? Okay, so they were told, no, boys should not drink soy milk. And apparently there's some scientific research behind that, but if that was true, then every Japanese-Chinese man would have that kind of deformity. But that's not the case. But it's made such a big deal that no, 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 boys cannot have soy milk. They shouldn't have it. Okay, if you really have some scientific evidence to prove that certain food is not suitable for a particular gender, all right. Okay, but... Don't make it haram. Don't make it haram. Because people literally take it to the length of making it haram. It's like wrong if a boy has this, if a girl has this. No. And sometimes there's discrimination at the dinner table as well. How? That there's meat, but the nice, chunky, meaty piece of meat, that is for who? The sun. The son. Why? Because he needs to be strong and healthy because he has to take care of the family. And you know what? He's very picky. Boys are like that. You're a girl. You should sacrifice. It's okay if you don't get that chunky piece of meat. Not a big deal. No. This is not fair. At the end of the day, the son will be healthy and the daughter will be malnourished. That's not right. There should be fairness. You know, in certain families it happens that a particular child doesn't like to eat meat. So okay, that's fine. But always preferring a certain gender over others, that is not right. That is not right. The best part of the food is reserved. You know, before even it is served, you know, a portion of it is taken out. This is for so-and-so. This is for so-and-so. Why? Why? Whoever wants whatever, let them eat it. Yes, you should be considerate of other people, but you should be considerate of all people. Right? Your daughters... And your sons, the father and the mother. Yes. She said, back home, they don't allow women to eat the tongue of the goat. Okay, why? Because they say that your daughter's tongue is going to get very long and then she's going to talk too much and she's going to speak against her husband. How? 
Come on. Just because you have leg meat doesn't mean your legs become long. No. It's just meat. It's just a piece of meat. Right? So, all such things are based on ignorance, on bias. And this is something that doesn't befit a believer. Allah says, سَيَجْزِيهِمْ وَصْفَهُمْ He will punish them. He will recompense them for their wasf. What is wasf? Description. Description that they have invented. This for men, this for women. إِنَّهُ indeed he حَكِيمٌ Wise, عَلِيمٌ Knowing. Allah is Hakim and Alim. And if He has allowed certain foods for you to eat, He knows. If He allowed men and women to eat certain foods, it means it's okay for both of them. Who are you to say? Women should not eat this, men should not eat this. Trust Allah because He is Hakim and He is Alim. Qad in fact khasira He lost. Who? Who suffered loss? Alladina, those people who qatalu, they killed awladahum, their children. Those people who killed their children, safahan, foolishly, from safaha, seen faha. Remember the word sufaha? They kill their children foolishly, out of stupidity, out of foolishness. What is that foolishness? Fearing poverty, to please the idols, right? Fearing people, the cultural practices. Safahan بِغَيْرِ ilmin Without any knowledge. Such people, they have really suffered a great loss. What's that great loss? They're depriving themselves of the blessing of children that Allah is giving them. There are people who will do anything to have a child. They can't have children. They'll do anything to have a child. And here are others who are being given children and they don't want them, so they kill them. سَفَهَمْ بِغَيْرِ عِلْمٍ And they forbade Meaning such people have also suffered great loss. Who? Those who forbade ma that which razaqahum. He provided them Allahu Allah. Allah provided them those animals to eat, to drink their milk, to ride on. But they forbid themselves from it. Women cannot eat it. Men cannot eat it. This animal, everybody cannot eat it. Only those who serve the idols can eat it. Who said? All of this is iftira'an, fabrication, Allah against Allah. They invent all this? They do this in the name of religion, fabricating lies about Allah. Allah says, قَضَّلُوا Certainly they have lost, meaning they have strayed. They're not on the right track. وَمَا كَانُوا And they were not muhtadin, ones who were rightly guided. Meaning they're astray, they're not rightly guided at all. So what is true religion? What is true piety at the end of the day? What is it? Following that which Allah has legislated. Doing what Allah has allowed and staying away from what Allah has forbidden. Not what certain cultures have forbidden. Not what certain families and certain tribes have forbidden. No. The real deen is the deen of Allah. That which is based upon the Qur'an and the sunnah of the Messenger. What Allah has made halal, we consider it halal. What He has made haram, we consider it haram. And if we don't follow that, then what do we learn from this ayah? قَدُ خَسِرَ Such people will suffer great loss. In this world, because they're depriving themselves, and in the hereafter. How in the hereafter? If you kill a child, you think such a person will be spared? No. This is a major crime. Killing a human being is qatl. So great punishment awaiting such a person in the hereafter. And if a mistake such as this has happened, then tawbah needs to be done. A person needs to repent to Allah for the mistake that happened in the past. Recitation of these verses. وَجَعَلُوا لِلَّهِ مِمَّا 